0: Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode we're chatting with Ed Healy, founder of Gamerati, a service provider that covers marketing, crowdfunding, and logistical services in the board game industry. Ed, it's good to be a gamer. How you doing?
1: (laughs) In your intro, dude.
0: It's like alliteration out the wazoo. That, that's, uh, what would you expect?
1: I know, right? (laughs) You're binging on the bees, my man.
0: Absolutely. Well, welcome. We're doing well. If this
1: was last week, I wouldn't have been in the mood to talk to you because our, uh, we had a heat wave and our AC broke, but today I've got the glorious, glorious cool air coming down on me. Yeah. There would have been a shine
0: on your face. I think had we talked last week, it is cooking here in Ontario. So I can just imagine, uh, what it would have been like there. Where are you located by the way?
1: About an hour South of Seattle.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So yep. that's a, that's a new level of heat.
1: <laughs> it's usually not. Um, but we had a, just a fluke two days. It was going to be close to hundred degrees. My AC decided to break.
0: Oh, so. that's crazy. So Ed, you, you, you've got this company Gamerati. Um, mm-hmm. we're going to get into kind of what that's all about. Uh, I get really excited about this cause I really geek out over the business side of, um, uh, of the board game industry. Um, but I really want to kind of give people an idea of who you are. Uh, your name does pop up quite a bit, uh, in, if anybody is on Facebook or they're following other games, uh, okay. your name pops up a lot, right? Like you and I met through Buru, uh, right? So we did an interview with the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the group that launched Buru game. They hit over $113,000 on their campaign. Amazing. And you helped them with that campaign. So yes. that's how you and I got connected. So I knew you were on my list of people to chat with and kind of get, uh, Get in under the hood and uh, get your perspective on this industry. So start off, just tell me kind of how did you get into the, this industry as a whole? How long you've been doing it? You know, where did it all start?
1: Um, okay, short version. <laughs> Netscape launched the Mozilla browser when I was in college and I did my first search on Alta Vista for Dungeons and Dragons, found Tracy Hickman, him and Margaret Weiss had the Starshield project. The guy who went to my high school was publishing the tabletop role-playing game for it, but their company was going out of business. So me and another guy put some money in and started a new company called Eden Studios so that um, my friend from high school wouldn't lose his house. There, that's how I got in. Nice. So, and
0: yeah. so this Eden Studios, what, what was that all about? Like, what kind of company was that? Well,
1: uh, the first game we had was Conspiracy X, which did really well. It came about the same time Deadlands did. So if anybody knows Savage Worlds, um, Savage Worlds was Deadlands, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did All Flesh Must Be Eaten, which is basically the first zombie role-playing game. We did a video game. Um, we did Buffy. We did um, Angel, a couple other things, um, Planet of the Apes. Um But in 97, I took a role with a company called Deloitte & Touche, one of the big six accounting firms. And one of the requirements of my employment was that I couldn't own another company. So I sold my ownership of Eden Studios back to the other two owners. And then now George runs it all by himself. So he's been running Eden for at least a decade, maybe more, all by himself. He also owns a retail store called Zombie Planet up in Albany, New York which cool. is where I'm from.
0: Did you guys go straight to kick that? Was this a Kickstarter or were these games straight to retail or? How oh, was there was just...
1: no Kickstarter back then. There was no yeah. print on demand back then. There was no PDF back then. It was, Hey, do you have $15,000 and you know, hope that somebody likes your game. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was none of that back then.
0: And you just uh, mentioned off a few license names as well. So was there, yeah. did you have a background in licensing or is this something you just kind of got into or?
1: No. Um. So, Alex Yurkit was one of the other owners. Uh, he's a lawyer, hmm. kind of helps when you're trying to do licensing things. Sure. And and George Vasilakos was the other owner. Um, and him and Chris Shy, the art one of the main artists that we use, are just you put those guys together and your stuff just looks awesome. So <laughs> we had a guy who can make stuff look awesome. We had a great artist. We had a, a lawyer that could edit the crap out of anything. I mean, and I had money. So. Um,
0: that's all yeah it was a it.
1: recipe for success i didn't have anything to do with the licensing um but uh yeah i mean it was fun
0: and what were you doing before that like how did you uh, like what i was in college you, just college and it's like let's get yeah. into the gaming industry uh i took a,
1: a i took some time off i had a, originally been in school in arkansas i was a computer science pre-engineering mm-hmm. um but then i thought it was boring and I wanted to transition into uh, accounting and computer information systems and uh, I but I took some time off to date my wife (laughs) so I dropped out of college for nine months to date my wife and while I was uh, trying to get her to notice me uh, the internet happened well the graphical internet happened before that I just played Zork online and downloaded tab for my guitar so um, but but yeah it was just uh, I was essentially an accountant
0: after that and then how did you start Radio? Like what was kind of the genesis of that or what was kind of the, the spark that got you to to, to build this company? Right. Uh, before
1: Kickstarter, before Patreon, um, Wolf Bauer from Cobalt Press, it was called Open Design back then, uh, he decided he was going to do some what he called Open Design projects and you could give him money and he would give you a kind of a peek inside how how he made the sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, his second project was uh, Castle, Castle Shadowcrag and I had been running... And have been since then even so now it's been almost 30 years been running a plane of shadows campaign and so anything else in the plane of shadows for duns and dragons i wanted hmm. so i i gave him like a hundred dollars um even though i didn't need to but just to make sure that he kind of like noticed i was doing it because i was going to deploy to iraq and i didn't want him to send me my book i wanted him to just send me the pdf and hold on to it till i got back um and then he did cobalt quarterly magazine and I, when I got the first issue, I looked at it, and I and I noticed there was no ads. Um, so I asked him if he wanted help. He said sure. I called up some people from Iraq over Skype, uh, got him like three advertisers, like Green Ronin and and stuff, and uh, and he's like, hey, when you get home, can I get you a beer to say thank you? I'm like, how about a job? So I knew I was getting out of the army. Yeah. So I figured working with Wolf is not a bad way. And it was commission-based, like it wasn't a salary. It was just, if I give you money, if I can make you money, you can give me some of it. And yeah. that's basically how Roddy started and everything else that we do since then has been listening to somebody like you, let's say, that would say, you know what I could really use is, dot, 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 and my yeah. ears go up and I try to do it. And that's everything. So we started out running the ad network or the advertising department for a magazine. That's how Gamerati started.
0: Gotcha. And then when was your, your first kind of Kickstarter that you, what was the first one that you guys helped? Uh,
1: Gaming paper adventures from 2010, hmm. I think 2010. So it's been like 11 years.
0: So you've been doing I this for quite a while then. So like if, if people haven't heard yeah. from you, it's just cause they haven't heard from you. But it, I mean, you, you've, you've been kind of in this industry right from the kind of the beginning of uh, this whole explosion of uh, board games being funded on Kickstarter then. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, uh, even before that. But yeah. yes, uh, we've been involved, maybe not as much as we are now. Um, we didn't do any logistics back then. We didn't really do a lot of the other stuff that we do. I only really helped Eric Bauer from Gaming Paper because I knew him. Yeah. And he was like, hey, can you help? And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, so, you know, we I think we may have done two projects in 2010 and then maybe five the next year. But, you know, it hockey sticked up after that. So we've worked on over 600 projects since then.
0: Yeah, and when you go through the website, um, in 2018, I guess you had raised, had been part of helping raise up to, I guess, $80 million, I guess, across different publishers you worked with. Yeah, I think it was
1: like 6% of all the money and raised. 6% on, of, you yeah, guys going
0: to all tabletop game dollars raised on Kickstarter in 2018. That's a huge chunk of the market.
1: Yeah, I was surprised, actually. Um, I didn't realize that the, we had worked on that much, that many projects and had, that many projects i I was shocked actually i didn't realize it
0: yeah if anybody's getting the impression that you're a humble dude you're coming across as a pretty humble dude that's uh that's (laughs) that that is a that is a massive achievement right so congrats on that Uh, i can tell you it's
1: not that way anymore by the way like it's gotten way bigger crowdfunding
0: yeah so are you still so how many projects a year are you guys working on
1: I've started working like as a consultant on fewer and that's because the other parts of the business have kind of been doing more and I and there's enough people that are that are out there that know what they're doing that kind of like can do an okay job I don't need to yeah um and I think there's we can do a better we can move the business side of the industry forward in other ways um so I might work on if you include some of the like one-off consulting stuff that we do, Mm -hmm. maybe 20 or 30 a year now. It's a lot. Yeah, but it's not the, you know, one a week that we were doing before. Um, Like fully managing soup to nuts, maybe three. Like I really don't like soup to nuts management anymore at all.
0: And I I think that, I mean, as you're saying, like there's so many resources out there already now for people to, I mean, I always say go to Stolmeyer Games, right? If you want, like get your bachelor's sure, or- on how to do a Kickstarter campaign, go and read Jamie's blog, right? Like it's all there, paint by numbers. Um, right. But, in, you know, I, I see a lot of people that'll say, hey, you know, we're, we're good at game development and we've all got, you know, our artists and everything lined up. We're just not really sure how to um, maybe, uh, you know, do the setup of uh, the layer of the page. and might need some help with that. Other people might say, hey, you know what we can take care of all that but you know the marketing side is something that uh, we need help with other people might say hey we can get yeah. right to the game as manufactured but we have no idea how to do the shipping logistics side and quite frankly it scares us right so yeah more and more you see this industry move towards service providers that are kind of plugging holes right that are saying okay well what yeah, is it in your in, in your in your in your uh, skill set that you, you don't have or haven't mastered or quite frankly that you don't want to allocate a lot of resources on we'll take that and that'll allow you then to spend your resources, your time management and things on, on other items. So, um, so as you go through this, I know, and I've kind of broke this down into kind of three buckets, right? So you guys have crowdfunding, Mm. marketing, logistics, we'll talk about some other stuff as well. But so for the crowdfunding specifically, how do you help people on that? So is that structure of the page? Um, Do you come in as a contributor or how do you guys kind of set that up?
1: Uh, It depends. uh it's it's everything from uh somebody has a specific need and i may not really help them that much they may uh, quite frank like let's say you came to me and you're like hey i need somebody to help me with uh buying ads on facebook because i don't know how to do it uh i'm i wouldn't count this as helping you meaning like i wouldn't put it on my list of projects that i helped because Mm. all i would do is introduce you to iran at green inbox and the guys over at Backer kit marketing and uh, brennan noonan from um, the
0: web and all these guys yeah
1: exactly like the people i know that know what they're doing in that category Mm -hmm. because i could learn it and i can muddle through it but i'm not the best yeah and i don't feel like it's a good idea for me to have you suffer in your success because i don't know how to do it as well as somebody else does it so if it's something like that and, and this is going to be kind of the answer to everything uh, I, on a lot of things. I just introduce people to other people who know how to do things better than me. And then, and that's how, where I start. And then when, I identify a thing that can't be done enough that I would want to hire that person myself then I try to develop that service within Gamerati mm. because look I've got dozens of clients and they all need let's say influencer outreach yeah. or customer service support or social media amplification or email marketing like all this stuff we do which I just listed like four of the things obviously yeah like all that was developed because somebody like you came to me and said I have a game but I don't know how to do X And I'm like, nobody else can do it either. I guess I got to figure it out. You know, and sometimes we fall on our face and we don't do a good job. That's fine, you know, but if nobody else is doing a good job too, it doesn't really make me lose sleep. Um, But more often than not, I'll go out and find somebody like I'll go to somebody like you and be like, hey, uh, I don't really know how to do the whole Twitch streamy thing. And you obviously do. Can I hire you?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Um, but The core of what we, so we can do everything from introduce you to somebody, which I don't really count as me working on a project to Mm -hmm. like soup to nuts. And if we do everything, like we're fully engaged, my entire team at every level, the only thing is probably easier to say what we don't do. The things that we don't do is we're not going to pay for your advertising on Facebook. So if you want to drop 20 grand on Facebook ads, that's nice, but we're not going to pay for that. Yeah. Um, And we're not going to create... The assets for your game so like if you want to have a, um, a graphic of like the glory shot of your board game laying mm-hmm. on a table, we're not going to do that for you. You have a graphic designer, they're already producing your game, they already have the assets in, in design or whatever it's easier and better for them to do that, yeah. than for us to do it, but we'll do everything else we will help you make sure that the PL for your project is going to be profitable. I'll introduce you to people to get quotes. Um, we'll do pre-marketing for you. We'll get reviews and we'll even play test it for you to make sure it's not broken. Hmm. Um, we'll help you set up your page. We'll tell you what works, what doesn't. I don't force people to do what I want them to do. Like if I tell you that I think you should put this section above that section or reword it and you don't want to, that's fine. Like I'm just a consultant, but, um, <laughs> right. Well, I, it, you, sometimes it's hard to remember that, you know, cause when you get invested in a project, you're like, I really want this to succeed. It's such a cool game. And yeah. you are like, why did they do that? Um,
0: I find often people can't get out of their own way. Right. So yeah, and that they, goes for people like me too. Like yeah. I got to
1: learn to get out of my own way.
0: Yeah. Cause you have a vision and I think a vision takes, you know, you to the point of having a game that is mm-hmm. you want to create. And I always encourage people to create the game that you want to create. Right. Create something right. that you want, that you're passionate about, that you love playing. You're mm-hmm. always going to find somebody that's going to say, I don't think that game's going to work, or you should change this about the game, change that to the game, and try to make it into something that they like. But publish mm-hmm. something that you like. And you know what? There's it's a, there's a huge industry. You're going to find other people that have similar likes to you. Um, but yep. the, the kind of double-edged sword of that is sometimes people can get so invested that they ask for advice, but they're really not asking for advice. or asking for confirmation. And that I think is a slippery slope, right? So, um, you know, try to have an open mind when you're talking with a consultant, you might not take, and as you said, you're, you're consulting, right? So you don't have to take everything they say. Um, but they probably have a lot more experience on what's going to work than you do. If you're the first time coming in, they're going to help you. Right.
1: Yeah. For me, I always tell people I'll give them, I'm, I'm happy to give them a free hour of my time. Yeah. Um, and I always send them, I have a thing on LinkedIn, it's like 10 questions I ask everybody before I start my consulting um, with them. So I usually email that to them first. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what we're gonna be talking about. So you may as well take a look now. Um, and then that usually takes about 10, 15 minutes and the rest is me just like conversating with them. Yeah. And by the end of that hour, they know if they wanna work with me or not. And I know whether I wanna work with them or not. I mean, cause part of working with people is to know when to say no. You gotta learn to say no to people.
0: Yeah. And you help with uh, even sourcing like manufacturers and things like that. as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm
1: happy to do that regardless to somebody is a client. Like if anybody's listening to this and they have no intention of hiring me for any reason, um, that's fine. There's two places I would suggest if you don't want to email me. And that is like Board Game Binge has a Facebook group. Just raise a hand and say, does anybody have a, co-? you know, oh, can anybody help me here? <laughs> well, I mean, you do, right? Like, yeah, that's a that's very large I'm group. At, yeah. And then the only other one I would say is there is a uh, board games Kickstarter's advice group. Mm. It's run by Backer Kit, I think. Yeah. And it's its whole purpose is for people to ask questions like, does anybody know somebody can make a card game? Right. Yeah. Answer That's a good spots.
0: suggestion. I would even take that a step further and say if people yeah. are looking at publishing a game, mm. join as many of the Facebook groups as you can. Right. And for me, that was a huge difference when, uh, you know, with the yeah. last game is I just started joining like illustrators and, you know, board game mm. illustrators and absolutely, and, uh, absolutely you know, people that support Kickstarters. And so you're obviously going to have the ones that are consumer based, right? So people you want to yes. hopefully reach out to um, to say, hey, we're now live on Kickstarter or we're launching tomorrow. So maybe we'll get some pledges from there. Right. You know, a little tip of you know, a little of advice there is join that at least six months before you're gonna go live with your game, so you don't look like that guy that joins a, a page and then tries to start spamming it right away. Right,
1: join and actually help other people. And help
0: other people as well, create some uh, dialogue and conversation. But yeah. it's all these other support ones, like I had uh, giving you a great example, um, we're working on a, a game right now that involves uh, cars, and uh, okay. you know, often we'll do our prototypes using uh, just. Shutterstock type images, right? We'll go and we'll license some images from Shutterstock and use that because you, you can create a, a really nice looking game even just using um, you know licensed uh, illustrations. But we want to find uh, an illustrator to do custom designs for us, right? So there's a forum, and I think it's called like board game illustrators or something like that. Yep. And uh, three days ago I put an note in there and say, hey, I'm looking for uh, an illustrator that can can do cars. And I had like 15 people reach out to me in 24 hours saying we'd love to be part of this project. Um, yeah. You know, more than half of those are just, you know, there wasn't a fit. They are agencies or people just saying, hey, you know, what are you wants to draw? Tell us what the draw will draw it for you. And My that 12 year input. old
1: knows how to draw. Yeah. yeah so
0: we're, we're not looking for somebody to draw it for We're looking for somebody who actually can give input based on what they like and stuff like that and see it as a collaboration. Right. But I was really, really impressed with what we had come out of that. And we did that for another game as well. So. Uh, great resources out there. Um, you just have to go and look for them, right? And you can't be shy to go out and, and ask right. questions. This is the one industry I think I've been involved in myself, where people are happy to help. People yeah, want oh, absolutely. to help. You. Yeah,
1: because even on the consumer side, um, people want good games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so they're more than happy to tell you. Like, I get people from all the time, all the time on our Discord. They're like, "Hey, you know what?" There's this really awesome artist I found on Instagram. You should get one of the publishers you work with to use them in a game so I can buy the game. Yeah. You know, I, like people love stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So with your marketing, so you you, you help with uh, social media amplification, you'll I guess connect them to mm-hmm. the right people based on the type of campaign they're looking to run. Um, are you still doing, uh, advertising in other, like where are some of the other areas? help? Yeah. Are I mean, we
1: run all the ads on like Ian world and RPGNet net and Gnome Stew and critical hits. And, um, you know, a bunch of blogs, basically we don't do them on BGG. I actually helped BGG set up their ad program, but, um, that was it. I just helped them. I didn't yeah. like, I don't run it. That's a chatty boy. I forget his like Chrisanne Chad krizan yeah. Chris runs that, um, mostly what we do is you know people come to us they'll probably want some advertising uh, it's not I, I honestly i don't think advertising outside of facebook and maybe pre-roll ads on youtube are the best use of your money if you don't have a lot of money yeah i mean if you have a ton of money that's different but like if you've got like a thousand dollar spend don't bother advertising on my network even like put it somewhere else um put it into influencer outreach um like you said three to six months in advance don't try to do it the day before you launch um so we help with influencer outreach and that includes setting up interviews and reviews so Mm -hmm. if you've got prototypes we help we don't just see if somebody wants it we'll like manage the process of getting it to them and making sure they actually do the review and a lot of people uh are scheduling a review making sure that everybody knows when it is and they actually show up um and and people who are trying to launch a game or have a business or whatever, they don't have the time to do all that stuff. So it's that's, I think that's probably one of the more useful things we do. Um, now, are and these then paid we have our
0: reviews or paid preview, like, or is this just you guys, some should... of them
1: are, are paid me, uh, paid media. Yeah. So like uh, tantrum house, for instance, they're more than happy to do a video for your game, but you're going to pay them for it. Oh yeah, Like they're not going to do it for free. And we shouldn't really expect some of these higher end video people to do anything for you for free. Like it, it, it costs money to make good stuff, right? Like, and 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 some of these guys, like, like, I don't like it when I get a game and I try to get Rotto to talk about it and he's not interested because I know for a fact that when Rado says a game is good, that I know that like 20% of the backers that I get are going to be there because he said to go check it out. Wow. And so I am happy to pay him $1,000 to make a video or whatever. I don't really care what his price is mm-hmm. because I'll pay it. Like, yeah, it, there, and there are people that are worth that. Then there's people that aren't necessarily worth that, right? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to like put it within your, you know, what's your tolerance, what's your budget. Um and- but there are enough people that are more than happy uh, to do interviews or do reviews. And if you only have like six prototypes, there's also people that are more than happy to, if you can get get out in front of it, send it to them, then they do their review and then they'll send it on to somebody else. Well, you'll pay for it, but yeah. they'll send it on to somebody else. And that way you can get more people talking about your game or your project. Um, but yeah, I, the biggest, the best of them, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. They're not free.
0: So, and then there's the, the curators page. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? That's on hold. Okay. Uh, it's
1: kind of a sad story. Marcelo, the guy that was running the curators, he has, um, autoimmune, uh, uh disorder. It's a, it's a brain thing that makes your brain swell. Mm-hmm. He, he can't eat. He can't talk. He can't sit up. Encephalitis like, or something it, I mean, yeah. That's the word encephalitis. Yeah. So it's been a, a year and a half, actually it, two months after COVID hit. Um, he, uh, if anybody goes to Marcello's social media, he's all over social media. You'll notice he hasn't talked since May on social. Mm. It's because he hasn't been able to move since May of oh, last yes. year. So over a year. Um, I will start Curators up again when Marcello is Hands back. Off.
0: yeah. Okay. But what what no, is it? No, no, I, it's
1: uh, the Curator. So Kickstarter asked us to make a curated page on Kickstarter for just games. Like We're the only Kickstarter curated page for games. Okay or just games yeah. um i think geek dad also has one but they don't just do games oh, and I so we you. decided to do a video series in a podcast called the curators mm. and then we would put games up on our curated page talk about them kind of like what you're doing here video mm-hmm. and audio um but yeah i mean we haven't done an episode in over a year and a half and yeah. it's really just like i don't want to do it without Marcelo because one, i can't talk to him so i don't really know how he is but i can't imagine he's doing well emotionally and i don't want him to see us kind of walk away and yeah. take the baby that yeah i just i'd rather never do an episode again than do it without him
0: well we all wish so, him all the the best yeah. in a speedy recovery and uh you know hopefully you can get back and uh, get back at it because uh, there's nothing like con like i love content i just love yeah i'm you know, sorry just <laughs> you know just sucking it all in and you know there's a lot of great content out there and uh everyone's kind of got their own little hook and uh it, it it brings me joy in in this industry there's yeah. so much content there's, there's more than you can possibly consume um no, that's true. but it, it's such a great community and, and and i absolutely love it talk to me quickly about the logistics so you guys do logistics as yeah. well i've done entire podcasts dedicated to logistics most people probably fell asleep during those ones but i geek out over it um so what do you oh, guys yeah. do for the logistics side
1: um from the moment your product well in addition to helping you make sure the box isn't too big so that you know you're not wasting a bunch of money shipping stuff for no reason like there is product consulting side of it mm-hmm. um but assuming that you've already know how big your, your game is and it's being manufactured we can get it from the manufacturer across the ocean to all of our different warehouses and partners and then we can get it to your, your backers, your online, you know, if you have sales on your website, we can ship to those. We'll even help you sell to retailers and distributors if you want us to. Um, So pretty much, I mean, really when it comes down to it, we don't own a retail store we don't manufacture anything and we don't publish anything, but we can do everything else.
0: So you have warehouses though, like your own warehouses, right?
1: We have a warehouse in Lakewood, Washington. We partner with uh, a company in China, one in Australia, one in Canada, one in Greece, and two in the UK.
0: Okay. So is the general idea is that you become like a one-stop shop for logistics? So if someone says, hey, I got my fulfillment I have to do for the world, they yeah, send them all can. to you and you Absolutely. take
1: care of it? Yeah, we're one of, I think, three companies that will do that. Um, I'm pretty sure Quartermaster Logistics does about the same thing. Yeah. Uh I'm not sure um, because I haven't.
0: Yeah. Fun again, logistics will do it as well. Even the guys on the other side yeah. of the ocean, if you talk to like ship quest. So I' see if, say if uh, any of our uh, right. listeners from like Europe, and we, we partner and with ship quest. Yeah. Ship quest yeah. will basically, yeah. Everybody's partnered with everybody. Right. So, <laughs> so ship quest will, uh, will literally take yeah. your games and, and help bring them over this way to, to this side of the pond. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, uh, we would, we would partner with anybody in the U S too, like if bridge yeah. logistics in like Georgia, which is another logistics company mm-hmm. in Georgia. If they wanted to, do their stuff on the west coast and us do their stuff on that we have or on the east coast i'll, I'll work with anybody how much
0: um, of the arranging do you do on behalf of the clients So us say the client says hey you know i i really don't have experience on getting it from the factory we'll do it the, all you take care of everything so they say yeah
1: import duties we'll even look at your spreadsheet and uh how many you made and we'll tell you how many we think you should send to australia versus canada versus yeah. whatever um yeah we'll and we then you guys
0: actually take care of getting them to Australia in these different areas? Yep. What about the VAT taxes? How do you handle that?
1: So um, you really only have to worry about VAT in Europe and the UK right now. Um, it's a big market. Because that's the thing that's scaring everybody. Yep. Australia doesn't have that. They have GST. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand, it's so a little Canada. different. Yep. Canada, you don't really have to worry about VAT or GST either because um, we can just drive it across the border to Toronto and it's like $55 a pallet. Mm. which is effectively the fee. So um, we work with a pick and pack logistics in Toronto. That's who we work with up there. Nice. Um, the company we work with in Greece, they have a system that um, allows you to essentially, and I'm going to say essentially, please understand this is not literal. Mm. <laughs> please don't rules lawyer, lawyer me. I'm happy to introduce anybody who okay, hears okay. to Ganda's the guy. okay, revenue Dan. on your door in a couple minutes yeah. too, so. um, He... Uh, he has essentially a way for you to lease his VAT registration in the UK and in um, in Europe. It's that's not technically what's going on, but I always introduce publishers to him and let him explain it. Yeah. Because, like I said, sometimes I don't understand something as much as other other people. I just have them have them in a, you know get their news right from the more, how, horse's mouth. So, so imagine the
0: way around that is he's probably actually purchasing the, I'll put in quotation marks purchasing the product from the US. And likely he's bringing, then he's importing it so it's not you importing it so he's importing under his VAT. yeah he's
1: the he's the importer of yeah. record that is probably true um but then again like again that's his business and i don't want to yeah. state it in- incorrectly <laughs> so but that being said anybody who wants me to introduce them i'm happy to introduce them um but you know a number of our clients um we're just really shocked at the the, the sticker shock I in a register and report and everything yeah, in yeah. in Europe and the UK it That's was crazy. way too big
0: yeah and, mean, and everything is in german were... by the way guys so when you go get like i'm going through that right now and we're registering yeah. our vat and uh, yeah all the paperwork's in german yeah they don't uh they don't they don't put and it you don't, don't sprecken? no so um, so how how do you like, how do you work out the math on that? So, is it like uh, someone's like kind of at the end of their campaign, they give you here's kind of my fulfillment, and then you come back and say, okay, here's based on all the places I have to go, here's the cost, or or how do you guys manage that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, if they're using us for fulfillment, we've already probably given them an estimate of what the cost is going to be for, yeah. for for fulfilling the orders anyway before they even did their Kickstarter. But um, we usually for larger projects we're going to ask you for an advance on the postage because you know like we're direwolf digital for instance for dune imperium is a good example like i can't float two hundred thousand dollars in postage i mean maybe you can but i don't have two hundred thousand yeah. dollars just laying around so <laughs> i'll uh, i'll have them give me an advance against the postage And then I'll ship everything and then I'll charge them afterwards for the, I'll give them a reconciliation and charge them for our fees, the pick and pack fees, or maybe that in the box fees. It really just depends on how big it is, but we'll pay all the uh, freight from China to the warehouses. We'll pay Mm. like if pick and pack logistics up in um, Ontario does part of the job, Mm -hmm. we'll pay them and then we'll bill the publisher uh, and so everything is in a, like a monthly reconciliation so they can go down and say you know Aetherworks in Australia mm-hmm. BFI Asia and China and they can see all the different things and, and get all their information
0: and, and the reality is not like they're paying out of pocket this is after the campaign's done so they've got the funds already from their backers and those funds should right. be put towards and we net against any sales in, we've made yeah and logistics and so forth so well,
1: and we net it against sales yeah. so if like we're also selling their product to ACD and other distributors and stuff mm-hmm. what we'll do is we'll say well we spent $200 for you, but we sold the thousand dollars. So I owe you $800. Okay. You you. should look, you know, or, or vice versa. So everything's kind of on one reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So where, where does Gamerati kind of going from here? So like, I'm sure you've as a company have a vision as to kind of what the next step is or kind of where the next level of your platform is. What is that?
1: We're focused on the logistics side right now. Yeah. Um, There's been a, you know, with the COVID problems that happened last year and the container shortages and the it's the scariest part of the industry. Yeah. Um, And so everything that there's really only two reasons I've done anything in the industry. Either somebody says you can't do it, which I'm like, hold my beer Um, or, (laughs) or, um, or somebody needs help, Mm -hmm. you know, like somebody like George, I don't want him to lose his house right so i started a business um but other than that uh there's really no other motivations and right now in this industry i think logistics logistics is the most scary part of the industry yeah and so i think that's we're, we're currently been working with the guys that um are you familiar with um ancestry.com yes so the guys that did that uh, we've been working with them for the better part of a year and a half trying to do a better system Hmm. to not just do logistics but integrate some of the other stuff like i own the rpg bloggers um, network i have games for troops that i've never done anything with i mean there's all these other our ad network i think it would be cool to enter and create systems that integrate those things a little bit better cool um
0: do you guys integrate with like uh like shopify so someone's using you to store their goods after the campaign and they want to sell the current system
1: we have does not which is why we spent the last year and a half Mm -hmm. and you know if you if we were having this conversation like two months from now the answer Mm -hmm. would probably be yes (laughs) but as of today the answer is no um but i mean we it's usually not that big a problem because most people that use shopify aren't generating more than like 40 or 50 orders a week anyway yeah so they just do um, it by email or by fax or my shipping manager logs into their account for them and downloads i gotcha. and never see them yeah nice. um so like i think north star sends us things directly but for and shem from garfield sends us stuff directly i think yeah but for other, everybody else i think my shipping manager logs in and just downloads the stuff for them
0: so if people want to contact you, Ed, and they want, they're they interested in Gamerati, and uh, I'm sure there's got a lot of people that are, I mean, you guys have a lot to offer. I know there's your Gamerati.biz website. How yeah. best do they reach out to you? Is it through the website or is there another contact way? Or? They
1: can do that. I mean, pretty much any email address at Gamerati.com will get to me. So you can, you know, send it to BoardGameBinge at Gamerati.com and it'll get to me. Maybe <laughs> I should have it go to you. But uh, I only I only really have like six employees yeah. and uh, my email is the catch all. Um, so, um, you may, there's a very small chance you will choose one of the first names of one of my employees and I won't get the email, but if other than that, I'll get the email.
0: That's awesome. Well, Ed, I want to thank you very much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. I can't sure. wait to see uh, the next project. I want to thank you, quite frankly, for even connecting us to the Buru team. That was a great interview. I, I absolutely yeah. loved chatting with them. I actually backed the game afterwards because the game just looked like so much fun. So I'm sure we'll stay in touch, and there'll be other people coming our way that uh, are that, uh, maybe interested in the binge that uh, you're working with. Cool, man. Anytime. All right, you take care. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.